Welcome to Disarming Persuasion, the podcast for sales and business leadership professionals. My name is Dave Rosenberg, and I am the founder and principal at Locked On Leadership, a consulting firm with a mission to replace Thank God It's Friday with Thank God It's Monday. And I'm Ann Bonney, redhead impersonator and an expert in change management and leadership that people want to follow. Okay, Ann. What are we going to talk about today? Let's talk about celebrating, Dave. It's the celebrating time of year. Let's talk about the importance of that within our persuasion. Celebrating. I am all for celebrating with the next guy, gal. I don't care who, right? But what the heck does I hear a butt coming. What? I hear a butt coming. Well, uh, you know, I don't hearing a butt. That's no, <laughs> never a good thing. I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> oh, talk about oh, that. Put a damper on a celebration. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, folks. We will not be discussing the power of flatulence with persuasion. No, but like celebration, celebrating your team, celebrating your clients, celebrating with them. It's important. What the heck's that got to do with uh, persuasion? If people aren't acknowledged for the hard work, for the success, for the teamwork, they're not going to give us as much. They're not going to be persuaded to jump on board with whatever we're selling. I mean, really, what we're talking about is appreciation. Let's be candid. Celebration is a way of appreciation. It totally is. You're absolutely right. And I read that the number one complaint on job satisfaction survey was they don't appreciate the value and um, effort that I bring to this company. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we've talked about this before from the other side where we're talking about holding people accountable. Uh, But there really are two sides to the same coin and they both achieve the same goal, right? We talk about accountability. We talked about how you only hold people accountable you think are capable. So if you fail to hold people accountable, you're saying you don't think they're capable. If on the other hand, if you don't recognize people for what they bring to the table, celebrate the wins so they know that, hey, you know, this is expected of them. They're going to find someplace else. It's true. It's true because people are proud of the hard work that they put in and they want to be acknowledged for that. And if we want people to keep putting in that hard work, keep believing in us and our leadership, we've got to make sure we're appreciating their part in our success. Yeah. And I mean, this is the time of year, right? It's Thanksgiving. We're recording this on the Monday before Thanksgiving, folks. You're going to get this on the Monday immediately after Thanksgiving. And this is what from now to the New Year's, although by the time New Year's come, it's like, okay, we're done celebrating. Can we just go back to putting our <laughs> nose to the grindstone? But at least now in the beginning, right, this is like, woohoo, we deserve this. Well, and and employees almost expect and people expect to be appreciated a little bit more at this time of the year. In fact, I I was just thinking about what I'm going to do for my VA and for my accountant and for all of my people to celebrate their contribution to my success this year. Well, I usually, I'll tell you, and this works like you want the magic. This is it. You ready? Oh, well, of course I want the magic. A lump of coal. No? Excuse me. No? 
Only because that's because what you always got. But I can make diamonds out of it. <laughs> you, okay. Well, then it's I know what all, I'm getting you. <laughs> not often I get you to just like lost. Oh, my God. I what did you say? So many oh, yeah, thoughts fuck. came through my head. And I'm like, nope, can't say that. Nope, can't say that. <laughs> I know the thoughts that went through your head. And Jean-Claude Van Damme, I'll just put it that way, right? Because he allegedly could do that with a walnut. Um, no? Yeah. <laughs> no, never mind. And right now, you know, our listeners in Europe are going, what are they babbling? No, probably all, all our listeners are like, okay, what I think are we they babbling all are. about? Yeah. For our regular listeners, imagine this. You know the things I do say. Can you imagine the things I don't? <laughs> And if you and can, I, I'm glad, Dave, that you are helping me celebrate <laughs> the things that I do and don't say. I, but anyway, we're celebrating. No, Nicole, that's not it. We're celebrating an existence of a filter, right? <laughs> as sieve-like as it is, <laughs> <laughs> it's a big filter. So, <laughs> so what's your what's some of your favorite ways of celebrating? I mean, of course, a giant party or a pink Cadillac are nice, but I just like a simple, heartfelt, genuine thank you that is specific to say, you know what? I know you worked really hard on this and I appreciate it. And you, you know, because of that hard work, this was a giant success. And so thank you so much for your hard work on this. You know, well, certainly, and I agree. I mean, I certainly, when somebody acknowledges very specifically, and we can't emphasize that enough, not just a, hey, you did a great job, but man, you did such a great job on this project, or you did such a great job on updating our price book, or you did such a great job on, and it's that specific, people appreciate that. And at the same time, if you're not coming up with some fun way of celebrating that that honors your company's values and, and adds to your culture this time of year, you're missing out on a huge opportunity because it hits on so many different levels. And you mentioned it a minute ago, um, people want to feel appreciated. What we're really talking about in Maslow's hierarchy is the esteem level, which is the penultimate level behind self-actualization, right? And, and it comes down to people want to know that they belong and their contribution is being uh, acknowledged or they feel in danger of being kicked out of the group because historically speaking, that's what happens. Somebody doesn't contribute to the tribe. We go, we don't want Deadwood. And the same happens in business today. When people feel like they are making, a, a like that their work makes a difference, they're more likely to work. And this is especially important if you're having intergenerational issues at your workplace. This is especially important. It is proven that millennials really like making, let me, I speak for a living. They prefer to work somewhere where their work makes a difference. And so if we're not celebrating that, they're more likely to go somewhere where they feel like it does. You know, interestingly enough, it's not just millennials. I mean, I'm the last. No, it's the, absolutely not. You're right. I, I'm, I'm the last of the boomers. I feel the same way. The, what do they call? And, you know, we didn't used to have names for everybody. The, uh, before the boomers, you know, the. Uh, Violent generation. Now, they had a different name for it. It doesn't really matter, right? Be but even everybody liked it. Everybody loves to celebrate. 
the difference is that our generation, we're like, okay, they're not celebrating. We're going to keep our nose to the grindstone and, and try, you know, anyway, right? The, whereas today, the boomers are going like, no, man, there's too many opportunities. The world is so much smaller that the opportunities are so much more because of that, that the the, the, the millennials and the Gen Zs and, uh, you know, whoever, they're going like, I'm just going to move across the country where my generation didn't do that as readily. You know, I, right. that's the difference. And so you're competing on a global basis sometimes for employees and they're going to find a better place. Well, and these days they don't have to move. Often to most work, well, so many workplaces are completely um, virtual. And so they can live anywhere, Yeah, you know, I, so they yeah. can, so a lot more jobs are available. You're absolutely right. Yeah. I know people, I know people who work for European companies working out of their house in Southern California. And and and, mm -hmm. and their their responsibility is global. Exactly. Yeah. So celebration this time of year. You know, I I used to work for an organ. Well, when I worked for Under Armour, we used to always have a big fat, just really fun party at a fun location, and we got fun gifts and all that stuff. And then the next company I worked for, Les Mills, which was a global group exercise organization, they said, you know what? We're not going to throw a big party. We're just going to split the money we have in the budget, give it to you, and then give you the time between December 25th and January 2nd completely off. They closed the office completely. And, and those were two really different approaches. But in both, I felt celebrated for all our hard work during the year. Sure. And I am curious. And, and uh, when you look at the values of the companies, how did their, the way they chose to celebrate reflect their values? Yeah, no, that's an excellent question. And they both reflected really well. So with Under Armour, we were all about big marketing, big message, big, um, you know, we were at the time, because I worked there from 2002 to 2010, we were David with Nike's Goliath, you know, and everything we did in our marketing and our sports marketing and all that stuff was to say Under Armour is the best and the biggest and the brightest. Um, and so throwing a big party at a big flashy location with big flashy gifts and all that stuff fit alongside that brand messaging that Under Armour is big and Under Armour is great. And with less. Yeah, go ahead. Let me jump in because there's also right because Under Armour's big market at the time and, and still now, right, it's two sports teams. And so coming mm -hmm. together for a big party as a team falls yes. into that. As opposed to now you were going to say Les Mills. So Les Mills was much more sort of work-life balance focused, focused on the employee, making sure they were healthy, making sure they had time to do what they needed to do. And so by saying, hey, look, we're not going to throw a big party. I mean, they were very team oriented as well, but they were very focused on that balance and that life. And so by give, yeah, by sharing the money and share and giving time off, that allowed everybody to take the overtime that they had perhaps worked to make events happen and all that and give it back to their families and to really, you know, support that. So it like with both of them, it supported the message they were saying all year long. Right. They were true to their values. And, you know, yeah. one of my favorite celebrations I ever participated in, nobody would have thought before, the first time you do this thing, it was in the U.S. Navy. And the first time you do this thing, you're like, this is just mandatory fun. This is going to be garbage. And it's called a dining out. There's actually a dining out and a dining in. The only difference is whether spouses are there or not. Dining in was without spouses. And they announced a dining out. And then you get 
what's called an ROE, rules of engagement. It's it literally, and you can, folks can't see where the video here, but it's probably an inch and a half thick rule book on how you are to behave. Now, think about this for a second. You're talking about an organization whose values are about hierarchy, right? Or about, you know, uh, structure, following the rules, following command. You get this rule book and it ends up being the most fun because you end up breaking the rules. And then you get punished for breaking the rules by like being banished under the table and all sorts of craziness goes on. And it is a blast because of the rule book. And, but like I said, you get it the first time and having never been to one, you're like, oh man, this is going to suck. Oh, I'm going to be in my mess dress with, oh my God, this is, and, and then it ends up being like this great time because it's a great reflection. By the way, I met my wife at a dining out. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. And so you have an opportunity is what I'm trying to say is take your, take your values and come up with a celebration that's so unique and so you, your this will do more for your morale and your future ability to persuade people because they know you, they know you're true to yourself than almost anything else you can do. Well, and I love that dining in, dining out thing because it's almost poking fun at the culture. It's almost saying, hey, we do this all year long. Now we're going to do the opposite, which I think is super fun. And that's exactly what it is. You know, the the we used to do this thing called Folksal Follies. Here's another celebration. So when you're at sea, um, they grade every landing on an aircraft carrier gets gets graded. And they have what they call line period. I, I think it's fairly arbitrary how long it is. And at the end of that line period, usually you take some time off. And it depends. You could be doing it in port. You could do it at sea, depending on what you're doing. If it's at sea, it's in the forecastle, which is the forward part of the ship where uh, it's a forecastle is, you know, ancient days when people couldn't speak right. And that's where the the, the anchor chain is. And it's like the cleanest. The, they, they take great pride in that. And the junior officers put on skits. And the skits are typically making fun of the senior officers. And it's a way to give feedback in a structured environment without getting in trouble. Right. So there's a lot of this dichotomy that goes on that honors the values and still has this way of blowing off steam and giving feedback. And we get and, and to my another point I want to make here, we're talking about celebration. This is the time to give your awards. This is the time to give your really specific recognition out. We'd get we get the patches for our hundred traps or, you know, again, you you get patches and, and, and recognition for being the best pilot and all this other stuff at the folks of follies. Man, this is your time of year to do all of that in your company. I love it. I love it. And But I think that focusing just on the end of the year celebration would be a mistake because I think sometimes their little individual celebrations throughout the year are also really valuable. Like I, I spent one night on the Eisenhower aircraft carrier and I got to witness a celebration of sorts. Talk about when they shoot the boots off of the deck of the ship. I got to be honest. 
That's not something I'm familiar with. I've never Probably seen Probably because you were on the planes. So apparently when the deck, the guys that work in all the colored shirts on the deck mm-hmm. are done with their tour and they're about to leave, uh, the last, instead of shooting the planes off, they shoot their boots and they go through all the very, very structured procedure that they would if they were launching an aircraft, but they launch their boots into the ocean as this kind of celebration of your last launch as a deck person on the, and I don't know what they call the deck people, but anyway, somebody on the deck in the brightly colored shirts um, on an aircraft carrier. And it was a celebration of the individual to kind of, again, let them blow off steam, do something silly in an environment where everything is usually super regimented and super, um, for good reason, very specifically done correctly. Yeah. And it's funny, we had similar, uh, I say similar, it was nothing like it, but similar at the same time, when you fly your last flight in the squadron, so you get orders out to someplace else and you fly your last flight and you land, they have the fire truck from the base there and you get hosed with a fire hose. And then you have this um, uh, uh, life in your in your gear there's a a life preserver that's you know all and, and somebody and pulls the cord so it blows up and you're just you know you're soaking wet and now you're you know and, and then we also did what we call the hail and farewell so periodically as new because people leave at the same time new people are replacing them there's some crossover as people are getting ready to leave and new people are already there we do a party usually it's somebody's house where we you know, bid farewell to people. And of course we talk about all the stupid things they did over the three years. Kind of a ago. roast. Yep. <laughs> right. It was a kind of a roast. And then we welcome the new people as well. So there's all sorts of celebrations that go on throughout the year. You know, for those of you who are going, Oh, that's great. But you know, we don't get turnover like you did in the Navy or we don't have cool things like flight deck. What can we do? Use your imagination. You know, when do you finish your project? Are you in construction? Did you finish a big project? Are you in manufacturing? Did you launch a new product line? Um, are, are you a retail sales where you brought out a new product line or you had a successful holiday season, right? And do it in January. I could come up with a million things. Put your heads together. Yeah, I, I walked in to do a leadership training once at a, at a call center, at an outbound call center sales. And this at about like it was supposed to start at nine o'clock and about 858, everybody is pretty much everybody seated. And this one person walks in with this hideous looking Frankenstein of a trophy, walks in like a proud rooster in the hen house, sets it down on the table and looks around at everybody proudly. And I'm I'm looking at this whole thing happening, going, what the heck's going on here? So I walk up, I'm like, so what's that? And he's like, yep. It's a daily sales trophy. And I and everybody's like, ooh, in the room. Well, apparently every day, the person who gets the most sales gets this trophy and it passes around and it's the dumbest, ugliest, freest thing. It looks like some person with a welder in their basement went to a yard sale and got four old 1970s trophies and welded them together in the most ugly thing you've ever seen. But man, all day, it was just a running joke and like this point of pride that this guy had won this that day before. Um, and that this was a thing that was passed around all the time. And um, so it, it was a great way of celebrating a daily success in a really kind of uncomfortable work environment. Yeah, you know, you, you reminded me last night was was uh, semi uh, 
finals for playoffs for my hockey league. And mm-hmm. we lost folks, unfortunately. It was it was a good game. It was close. It was a, it was it was a battle. We didn't prevail. We have a ritual. Um, one of the guys who left, he moved, he bought for us and we were doing this ritual before then, but when he left, he bought for us, he was really into wrestling. So he bought one of those wrestling champion belts that he had made up with our team name. <laughs> like we had a standing joke. We use, we use a, a, a text thread with everybody on there, you know, who's in, who's out. And then usually game day, we start smack talking and stuff like that on the thread. And this is some time ago. So what time is the game? And it was like 5.15. And then we went off like 30 minutes of saying, you know, 5.15. That's 45 minutes before 6 o'clock. That's 15 minutes after 5. That's 17.15. That's, you know, and it's <laughs> like, like, I mean, it was like, okay, you should know what time. Because, you know, we it was literally like 25, 30 people responding in various ways of saying 5.15. So then after that, our joke became, you know, what time is the game? And if it was an 830 game, it was like 515 plus three hours and 15 minutes. You know, that's how we would talk about that. You know, so on the side of the belt, it said 515, you know, all sorts of cool stuff like that. So that's now our player of the game. And whoever has it rewards it at the next game, you know. And so, again, it, it's it's another way of just we lost, but we had fun and somebody got that and was proud of getting it because they were grinding it out and they were working hard. We are all working hard. Somebody got it, you know, and I still haven't gotten well, it. And it's, and it's a great way to bring the team together too. You know, I mean, there's no real purpose to that as far as product, not as far as profits and all that stuff, but it's fun and it brings everybody together and it makes some people feel like part of the team. And there's probably not a whole lot of specific criteria around who gets the, the, belt other than you know basic performance but i bet you if joe hadn't gotten it in a year or so somebody be like let's give it to joe today you know i don't know i haven't had it ever and i still haven't gotten it but yeah you know and and as we're talking about celebration what we've always talked what we've been talking about so far is end of the year end of a project you know but i think it's also important to celebrate progress and to celebrate effort, even if it's just acknowledging it. Um, so often we wait for everything to be done to make that celebration. And sometimes with a specifically long um, project or a hard, um, you know, long-term thing, it's good to stop for a second and say, you know what, we've got a long way to go and we're doing a good job. We're getting there. We're making great progress. Yeah. And what you're really talking about is recognition, which celebration is a form of recognition and, and they sort of are, are are very similar. And I absolutely agree. Don't wait to recognize people who have who have improved. And to me, the celebration is, is more of a culmination. Find some reason. You know, and, and this is a different philosophy. We've done this before, you know, or maybe it's just a difference in nomenclature and we're just calling the same thing different words. Who knows? Um, but we could celebrate our differences. Um yeah, I mean, you've got a great rooster head of hair, and I don't have any. Um, let's just celebrate that, right? Yeah, I celebrate but, but, it every day. Yeah, yeah, when you moose. Um, which, <laughs> why did they call it that anyway? I don't know. I've never actually put a moose in my hair. It looks like a moose has licked your hair. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Actually, mean. that would probably be good and sticky. It would make it yeah. stick up nicely. Yeah, that was kind of mean. I, I yeah, that's okay. I, I've I almost, it before. I almost feel bad about it. Um, you almost, almost. <laughs> oh God. Um, so what else can we talk about celebration? Should we celebrate celebrating? 
So, well, I think another thing that we forget to do, especially when things don't go right, is to celebrate effort. You know, I mean, a lot of times your team will work really hard on something and they don't hit the goal. They don't hit the end. And yes, it's important to acknowledge, yes, this didn't go well. Here's what we're going to learn from it. Here's what we're going to do differently next time. And I think it's also important to take a sec and say, I appreciate that you all put a lot of effort and your intentions were really good. And and I want to just take a minute to celebrate that and recognize that because I want you to do it. And I know we can and we know what we need to do to do it next time. Yeah, I think there's there's a gotcha implicit in that. I don't disagree with you. Celebrate the wins because it, it wasn't 100 percent bad. And I think this is your right. point. Yes. This, this, mm-hmm. this, I think is your point, right? There were things yep. that were done right, even if not enough happened right for it to hit whatever your goal was. So find right. those things. This is sports psychology 101, right? Focus on the things that went right, right? And that, again, as you just said, that doesn't mean you don't do a debrief and say, here's things that we can do better next time, Right. But that's a different energy, a completely different energy than going, we suck. Oh, we missed our goal. Oh, we we only produced 100. We were supposed to produce 200. Oh, we're just terrible, right? The energy, you know, nobody wants to be around that. You know, think about- And self- it's not going to be particularly motivating. Right. And in fact, you think about self-deprecating humor, which, you know, you hear that at first and you laugh, oh, we could laugh, but but- after a fairly short amount of time, it could, okay, look, you're just looking for compliments because, you know, you weren't that bad. So stop, right? It gets annoying. Right. Well, and by celebrating the wins, there are always things you want your teams to do again next time. And so by celebrating those wins, you're saying, here's what went right. Let's keep doing that. You know, it's acknowledging there were some things that went right. And let's point them out very specifically. So we do those things again in the process of next time trying to hit the goal. Yeah. And by the way, folks, this doesn't don't in my world, at least don't mix the two. In other words, and I'll use a sports analogy. You get off the, we got in a locker room last night. We didn't win. Okay. We were, we weren't downtrodden at all. We were kind of upbeat. We were laughing and joking. We talked about a lot of stuff we did, right? Cause we did, we moved the puck well and, and we had a lot of opportunities and, you know, we just didn't put the puck in the net as many times as they did. We lost. Last night we talked about all the things we did right. We'll get together though, before our next game and talk about the things we can do better at a separate meeting. And that's the point, you know, um, uh, what's uh, Ted Lasso, you know, the show, great show, by the way, folks, one of the greatest leadership shows and talk about celebrating. He does this really well in this show. He models some really good leadership stuff. And I don't remember the specific episode, but I remember, you know, they came off a hard loss and everyone was down and he's like, let's, let's talk about the things we did. Right. And then the next day we'll look at the tape, but let's not get on ourselves now. Right. Mm -hmm. Immediately afterwards. So separate those two events, right? It's, it's two different energies. Don't put them together. Love it. I'd never thought of that. All right. Well, we should celebrate a new idea. I, I am celebrating it right now, quietly. Yeah. All right. Well, anything else? I think it's want? time to go eat some turkey leftovers. Yeah. Although technically we're going to be having to move forward in time to do that because for us, it's not Thanksgiving yet. 
I know, but the people that are listening, I want to release them so they can go make a Thanksgiving sandwich, which is something I celebrate. I don't cook Thanksgiving, but they always send me away with leftovers so I can make the sandwich with the cranberry and the stuffing and the turkey all between the bread and some mayonnaise. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You make my mouth water. And this is the beauty, by the way, of being a guest because you don't have so many leftovers that like a week later, you're like, oh, turkey again. <laughs> I've had That's turkey true. sandwich so my every <laughs> day for a week. No, you do one or two maybe, and then you're done. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. And unfortunately, my sister, not unfortunately, they're wonderful people. My sister-in-law has a very, very large family. So we usually polish off the turkey. So there's not that much left, but you can always find turkey at the grocery store. Yeah, it's not hard. All right, folks. Well, listen, I hope you ate as much as you wanted to, maybe a little bit more. Hope you had a great celebration and we'll catch you uh, next time. See you next time, everyone. Thanks for listening. That concludes another episode of Disarming Persuasion. This is Dave Rosenberg, and you can find my website at LockedOnLeadership.com. And this is Ann Bonney at YourChangeSpeaker.com. Remember, if they fail to make a decision, you failed to disarm them. Yeah.